Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is 2 Timothy 4. We've all taken some kind of important test in our life. Maybe it was just a final uh, in school growing up that you needed a really good grade on either to pass or to to get an A in the class. Maybe it was your driver's test and you felt the weight of, man, this will determine whether I can get my license or not. Or maybe it was an entrance exam for college or some kind of graduate school, or maybe you needed a test to take a test to get some kind of license for your job that was difficult or some kind of certification for your job. Some of those tests seem pretty weighty because some of them might determine what it feels like, whether I can go to this school or not, or whether I can do this job that I want or not. But as weighty as some of those tests may feel, let me tell you this, none of them even begin to compare with the weight of the fact that someday you will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, that someday you will give an answer to him. Now, I don't know how you prepared for those other tests that you've taken, But let me tell you, this test, standing before Christ, is one that you need to be prepared for. And we're going to see how you can prepare for it as we look at 2 Timothy 4. Now, as we read this, this is the last words we will read really written by the Apostle Paul. Sure, we've got Titus and Philemon left, but as far as we know, 2 Timothy is the last letter that he wrote. So Paul is near death at this point, and he is very aware that his final exam is close. So as we read these words, it should have a little extra weight and gravity for us when we consider the source, when we consider what Paul is experiencing and what he is about to go through. Look at how he starts uh, the chapter. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. So there, the solemnity of the opening words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead. Jesus is going to judge. How do we prepare for that? And how do we prepare others for that? And I think we're going to see three things in this passage that really show us that. One will be how we respond to the word. Uh, The second will be how faithful we are in ministry. And then the third really will be whether or not we're trusting in God. Uh, First, let's look at how we respond to the word in light of this judgment and the fact that Jesus is coming and that he's bringing his kingdom with him. Paul tells Timothy, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Uh, and then all these other words really proclaim the word, but tell people what to do with it. In this verse, I think we get a good understanding of what we should look for in what we call expository preaching. 
Now, expository preaching uh, makes its goal to really derive its meaning from the text of the scripture. And here you see what, what that should look like. One, what is it that is being preached or proclaimed? It is the word. But also notice then what he is to do with that. It's to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. So good, in my opinion, expository preaching will, one, be faithful to the text of Scripture. It is not a man just proclaiming his opinions. It is someone showing what the Bible says. But good expository preaching will also then show you and tell you what to do in response to what the Bible says. As he tells Timothy, reprove, rebuke, and exhort. So this is instructive for preachers. Hey, if you're just saying what you think, instead of saying what the Bible says, you're not preaching. You're not expository preaching. You're not proclaiming what God has said. But also, if you just kind of, well, this is what the Bible says, and you don't help people see, well, this is the relevance that this has for you. And these are probably some of the things that you need to stop doing or some of the things you should do in response to this passage. Then I think we're falling short of the kind of preaching that Paul uh, speaks of here. Now, if you're not a preacher and you are regularly listening to preaching, this should uh, help you understand how you should respond and interact with expository preaching. I mean, one, you, I would encourage you to listen actively as you hear sermons in your church because you should be wanting to know always, is this the word that is being preached. I'm going to take notes and I'm going to have my Bible with me and look at it in my Bible because I want to be sure that what I'm hearing is actually faithful to the word of God. And also you should then be eager to go and apply what you hear. You should even be eager for uh, directives from your pastor. Uh, for your pastor to to tell you, or you should be open to conviction. Some people want to come to church and never want to be convicted. You should come to church saying, sometimes the word is going to convict me. That as I see what God is saying, and hopefully my pastor helps show the implications of that, that that's going to help me to see some things that I'm not doing that I should be doing, or some things that I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing. And I need to be eager even for that conviction because I'm listening to the word of God. Unfortunately, though, really both at the level of the preacher and at the level of the hearer, that's not a lot of what we see going on in our world today. We see so much of what is described in verses three and four, where it says, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. People aren't going to want to hear what God says. And so that's where a lot of people will stray from listening to good teaching, and there'll be plenty of teachers happy to appease them by telling them what they want. So do you want to prepare to stand before Christ? Well, then we need to look at how we interact with the Word, and especially biblical preaching. That's the first thing. The second thing to prepare us for this final exam, right? Standing before Christ is really being faithful in the ministry that he has given us. And you see this both in the instruction that Paul gives to Timothy, but also in the example that Paul gives to all of us. In verse five, he tells Timothy, and this is a great verse for every Christian, no matter what you're doing, because it's always relevant. 
As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. These are always things that we can come back to in the good times of ministry, in the hard times of ministry. Hey, keep your head on straight. Be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Don't expect it just to be all fun all the time. There's going to be difficulties in ministry. Do the work of an evangelist. Always be seeking to share the gospel, to, to spread the gospel, to call people to repentance and faith and fulfill your ministry. Whatever your job is, keep doing it. And, and let's be faithful in that. I'd encourage you to memorize 2 Timothy 4, 5 and remind yourself of it again in the good times and in the hard times of ministry. Keep your head on straight. Be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. But you see, that's not just what Paul commends. That's also what Paul has shown. He says, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. Again, that shows Paul sees what's happening. It seems that he is anticipating to die soon. And he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He anticipates that this standing before Christ is going to go well for him because he he can, with a clear conscience, say that he was faithful. Now, obviously, I'm, I'm sure Paul, he knew his sins before he came to Christ. And I don't think Paul looked back as a Christian and thought he did everything perfectly. But he considered himself faithful. That's what he sought to do. He sought to be faithful. And you should seek to be faithful as well. And really, a lot of that faithfulness is going to be driven by a love for Jesus Christ. Um, He talks about how this crown of righteousness will be awarded to him by the judge. So he's anticipating, again, this test going well for him when he stands before Christ. But it's not just going to go well for him, he says. It'll go well for all who have loved his appearing. Those who love Christ, those who yearn for him to return, this will be a good day for them. So first, if we want to be ready to stand before Christ, we need to think about how we interact with biblical preaching. Second, we want to think about being faithful and endeavor to be faithful in whatever ministry God has called us to. But third and finally, what will get us through safely to that day, safely to the end of our race and our fight, I think is ultimately a trust in God. You get to the end of this letter and you see, like you see in so many of Paul's letters, he ends with a list of names. Now, some of the things are very positive and some of them are negative. You see negatively, starting with Demas, he is in love with this present world and has deserted me. Um, and that's, that's not a good thing where he talks about Alexander, the coppersmith did me great harm and how you need to watch out for him. But then you see some good things you see that Luke is still with him. You see that Mark, he says, get Mark and bring him with you for he is useful to me for ministry. That's interesting because back in Acts, we saw Paul and Barnabas split up because they had disagreed over whether or not they should bring Mark with them. And Paul said, no, we shouldn't bring Mark with him. Well, now look, time has passed and and look, God has restored that relationship between Paul and Mark. But I'm saying this to you because you can't count on the response you will get from people in this life. Some people will be faithful to Christ and faithful in partnership with you until the end. Others will not. But if you set your hope on people, ultimately, you will be disappointed. And that's not what Paul does. 
because even when he talks about ways even others have failed him, in verse 17, he says, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And so I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul knows that ultimately the one who will bring him safely to heaven is the Lord. And so he is not resting just on people. He is resting ultimately in his faith on the Lord. So I don't know when the day will come exactly when you will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. But I do know this, that day will come. And to help you be ready for that day, that you need to hunger for faithful Bible teaching and seek to apply it to your life. You need to seek to be faithful in whatever ministry God has given you. And you need to trust in God to ultimately bring you safely home. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.